Welcome to the Housewife of Horrors podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. Before we jump into this week's onion of a story, um, I wanted to kind of throw out there. So in episode 13, which was the town of Skidmore, Missouri, I had Charmaine Amy here. Well, she is back joining us in this episode again, because I did want to talk a little more Skidmore before jumping into this next case. It's one of my favorite cases, uh, unsolved mystery, I guess you can call it. So, uh, Charming Amy, how are you doing? How have you been? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, Thanksgiving was interesting. It's a long story, but uh, <laughs> maybe some other time we'll share th- share that because I have permission from my significant other about what happened. But <laughs> yeah, let's let's. I'm sure it was fun, nonetheless, on some was, level. On some level, it was fun. Maybe not then, but looking back, sure, <laughs> we'll laugh at it then. <laughs> so, episode 13, we talked about the town of Skidmore, Missouri, and like just. I don't want to call it like a crime wave that's happened there. If you haven't listened to the episode, we talk about four cases that all occur in the town of Skidmore, Missouri, which is about an hour and a half north of Kansas City. So I decided uh, a couple days ago, actually, yeah, the day before yesterday, uh, me and some friends, we decided to go up to Skidmore and kind of see what it was all about. And it was, uh, you know, it's kind of the epitome of that small town where, Uh, Pretty much a lot of stuff is abandoned. There's a few people living randomly. You see some signs of life, but you don't really see any people. Uh, There's this one gas station in the corner of town where there might be a person or two. And in this case, there was. So um, I did take some pictures and I really don't feel like my pictures will be any different from what isn't uh, what is already out there. But just kind of looking at the pictures, Charming Amy, what did you kind of... How did you feel and think knowing what we did, you know, the story of these four cases, looking at these photos? Like the town, I grew up in a town of 500 people and it was very reminiscent of like if a lot of people left that little town. Um, it just felt like the vibe it gave off in those pictures was just run down and drab and old and... And even that tavern that you had a picture of, it was just kind of like, I don't know if I want to go in that tavern. They probably served me some E. coli burgers or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, the tavern <laughs> was closed down. Oh. I don't think it's open since, but they do have a that place there called me. Good Time Charlie's that you can go to. Okay. Uh, I don't know exactly what kind of Good Time Charlie's offering, but <laughs> it is right there. Kind of, It's next to the uh, former Skidmore City Hall that's on the corner mm-hmm. there. Uh, the, the city hall has now moved across the street to a newer independent building. But uh, we also did stop by the Bobby Joe Stennett house. And uh, it, wow, I found an article from October of this year uh, about a meeting that they were having in Nottoway County and in the town of Skidmore. And uh, it says here that board members have approved the deeding of the property, which we won't say the address, but the house where that incident took place to the owners of the next door neighbors uh, on the condition that the property owners uh, basically demolish the 
murder house and clean it up and they can extend their property. I guess it says deeding. So I'm guessing they're kind of just, hey, like, you, you tear it. this down and clean it up. Yeah. It's all yours. Yeah, that lot's yours. Just Which, I mean, good for the next door neighbor for, you know. But uh, I did take some pictures of the house. I did not go in. I didn't want to go in. Um, it's really gutted. There's not much left to it. I really don't feel like when the neighbors do tear it down, because they have a year to do it, um, I don't think that it's going to be all that difficult for them. There's just, it's a shell of a house at this point. Mm-hmm. So, and we did uh, go to the local graveyard and we found her grave and <sighs> paid some respects. We found Wendy Gyllenhaal's while we were there too. Her picture, she was just so pretty. She was. Yeah. So, uh, while we were there, we heard gunshots going off, uh, which was a little troubling. But then a friend of mine told me, someone who kind of, you know, lived in the area, that it is now deer hunting season up there. So, that it probably sense. wasn't, you know, anybody after us or anything. <laughs> no, they were out hunting. <laughs> it was just, it's deer season. So, anyway, uh, interesting town. Um once again, I saw like signs of life, but I only saw like a couple people and they were at that gas station on the corner and they didn't really seem to, you know, giving a shit about what we were doing. So that's fine with me. Um, I, we, after that, we went to another abandoned ghost town, kind of like 37 minutes away from there. Cause you know me, I love my abandoned stuff. So anyway, this next case, oh my God. My bad. I meant to silence my phone and I totally did not do that. That's my bad. So um, anyway, this next case we're getting into um, uh, is a case out of Westfield, New Jersey. Some people call it the Watcher. Some people call it the Westfield Watcher. I've even heard Watcher of the House. Mm, so creepy. I think if you look up any of those or if you just look up the address, because the address is used so much through the telling of this story, I actually know how to spell Boulevard now. Like I thought I did before, but it's like, oh, now I really know how to spell it. So anyway, and this all takes place in June of 2014. It starts in June 2014. And this this story does not take long before it goes off the rails. I mean, we are talking damn near immediately. Love it. This is one of my favorite stories because, man, stalking and just we'll get into that, uh, how I feel about like stalkers and kind of the mass assailant. It's just kind of such an unknown factor. Like they know everything about you. They have all the cards. You know nothing except for there's somebody watching. That creeps me out. Exactly That's my point. Creepy as shit. Right, and it's like, and it's it's you're at such a disadvantage because it's like it could be your worst enemy, it could be your best friend, it could be your next door neighbor. You don't know who the fuck it is, but, but like, they sure fucking know you, and they know you're scared. Like, who has the time to do all that shit? Like, really, you know, you must not have a life, you know, to in order to be able to stalk somebody that much. So. In June of 2014, Maria and Derek Barotas uh, brought us, I'm sorry, it, there's an O in it, so I got a little thrown off and you know I'm kind of shitty with names, but brought us, they bought this house, it is a six bedroom, four bath, uh, 1.3 million they bought it for, uh, 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey. 
It was described, of course, as their dream home. Um, they have three children. Um, and then, so they get this house three days after closing and before the family could even move a box into the house, they get a first of a few threatening and ominous letters. Uh, it was merely addressed to, quote, the new owner. This letter, like, um, I've kind of read a couple different sources and I went with the one that gave like the longest version of the letter. Uh -huh. They all had like excerpts. So I'm hoping that as this goes, I'm reading the most of the letter, if not all of it. But this is some serious shit, like being a parent. Mm -hmm. Moving into, I think, oh man, we got our dream home. Yeah, Things are so turning up roses. House. Everybody's going to have their own space. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be magical. Oh, I get this letter in my mailbox. Is it somebody welcoming me? And uh -huh. Eric starts. And I quote, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s, and now it's my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring, your, uh, bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all your windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one of them. Then it signs off. <laughs> Wow, that was like really fucking intense. That but was. Jesus then I wanted to make sure I read that wow. with intensity. No, you did good. That kind of freaked me out. Well, then the letter signs off with, Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. And then it's signed in cursive. Oh, by the way, these are all typed written. Uh -huh. And it's signed in cursive, The Watcher. So, this new homeowner got three beautiful children thinking life's going to be turning up roses in this neighborhood that she, uh, the woman in this story, it, she did grow up just a few blocks uh -huh. away. So like, this is her hometown. Right. You know, she's, she grew up here. She wants to raise her kids here. I get it. So of course, Maria and Derek get in contact with the previous owners whose names are John and Andrea Woods. They claim that in the 23 years that they lived in the house, they only received one letter and it was shortly before they moved out. Uh, even getting that letter, they said they never had any feelings or inclinations of being watched or stalked. So they just didn't pay much mind to the letter and uh -huh. they fucking tossed it in the trash. Uh -huh. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I can't sit here and say, wow, that was dumb because I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have thrown it away, but I definitely would have put it on the back burner in my mind. Or I would have been like, you know, hey, next people, uh, there's something going on here. You know, like, it's a common courtesy, but I don't know. That's weird. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I guess if I lived 23 years somewhere, never felt threatened or anything of the sort, and then I just get this letter... I don't know. I would think it was somebody fucking with me, like a friend, but I don't know. That's That's weird. I haven't been there, so I don't know. But anyway, both families go to the police and make reports of the letters. They were then instructed by police not to talk to anybody. No neighbors, no nobody, nobody at work. Everybody is considered a suspect at this point, which, you know, would make sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, your neighbors are going to see the kind of stuff you're moving into your house. Oh, they have three children. You know, I I, I can look out my window and see shit my neighbors are doing. So, I mean, yeah, I would think neighbors suspect number one. And they would see, you know, just everything going on. So two weeks goes by. This family still hasn't moved in at all. Um, They have been doing some renovations. Things are kind of going on. But the second letter comes and this time it gets scarier, more ominous. Uh, there are details in this letter. Um, like they know names in Mm. this, they know children's nicknames, how old the children are. Uh, the letter goes on to mention like the daughter painting in one of the rooms, which is like this enclosed porch Uh asking, you know, is she the artist in the family? So, Minus that weird part about her being the artist. Uh, I am going to read this very intensely again. All right, let's go. (laughs) So the second letter goes on to say, Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I've been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what's in the walls yet? (laughs) In time they will. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in, and it has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement, or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house, and if you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic, or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who is in what bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher. And I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and they kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Brodus family. So they, <laughs> right there, they just drop a name like, and it's what? like, oh shit. 
sorry. Um, welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought you uh, brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. End. I, at that point, I would be not moving in. Okay. Like, no, we're done. So, after this disturbing letter, the Broadus family immediately quit bringing their fucking kids to the house. That's yeah. smart right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a parent, that would terrify the fuck out of me, knowing you, you, you're watching my kid painting, you know names. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sleeping with one eye open. If I sleep at all. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, and they also kind of, they stopped doing some renovations, I guess. Um, but they still have it moved in. And, um, yeah, we're like two, three weeks into, they have closed. Once you close, you can move in. House all right. yours. Yeah. Yeah. They're not fucking moving in. I, I don't blame them. So weeks go by. I don't know how long it says, uh, how many weeks is weeks. Um, what I just kept reading was weeks later. I could never find a definitive timeline from Mm -hmm. any of the sources. Maybe there is one and I just didn't find it. But anyway, it says weeks later, a third letter was sent to the house. Oh Lord. This one short and sweet. And it just says, where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. That was it. The fuck? You know what scares me is that this person refers to 657 Boulevard as it's like a person. Like an entity. Yes, like, oh, I loved, you know, so-and-so. I loved, you know, John Doe. There's like, he's given it some kind of personal, like tangible something to like it. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen the Disney movie, The House of the Clock in the Walls. That's kind of what, it, like, he's, re- like, it's like that. Except a lot more sinister and murdery. Like, yeah. Yes, this is uh, just, I don't know, man. This is, like, the first time I heard this story, I only heard, like, a few excerpts of the letters. I never really heard the length of the letters until I started doing the research for this a couple days ago. And just, yeah, once again, this person, whoever it is, and we'll get to that, mm. um, they just hold all the cards. You know, you can get to me at any time, and I won't know who you, who it is. I won't know what's right. coming, because I don't know who the fuck you are. Right. So anyway... Um, the timeline gets a little convoluted, so I just kind of leave it with seasonal stuff like winter of 2014, which is where we're at now. So it's now been a few months because they moved in, like they bought the place early on in the year. So there's no leads, no clues. There's no nothing as to who's sending the letters or exactly why. So the investigation is at a standstill. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I did find this source. It's an article called Inside the Spooky Watcher House that Terrorized a Wealthy New Jersey Family. And it was printed on October 15, 2020 by Megan Lizcombe. And this says here, at one point, Derek reached out to the real-life FBI agent who inspired the character of Clary Stalling in Silence of the Lambs. Mm Uh, with whom he was on a school board of trustees with. So, obviously, this case still, right. to this day, spoiler, 
obviously it's unsolved. I kind of started with that. But, right. I mean, if the real-life Clarice Darling isn't fucking solving this, I don't no think shit. this is getting solved. Not unless people start installing ring cameras on their front doors and aim it at everything, you know, and start, you know, if somebody delivers a letter, at least you know you have something there. But I, I don't know. That's well, weird. Well, funny you mention cameras. We get to that. So... Uh, I just kind of found that little, you know, Silence of the Lambs part a little that's, interesting. That's, that's it's like, wow, he he knows this cat. That's crazy, you know. Um, so, since there is no movement in the case, obviously everyone is still a suspect. Stress and paranoia is fucking mounting on this family. Like, they are terrified. Their kids are fucking scared. They're scared for their kids. It's PTSD all around. Mm -hmm. So they decide to put the house back on the market. And I did a little looking into this on my own through like just uh, realtor websites. And we'll kind of get into that. Uh But um, I was kind of wondering if, because I heard that they had a hard time selling it. They had a hard time finding a buyer. So a question popped up to me was, did they disclose the letters to potential buyers, which would have been the right thing to do. Right. I would have had to, I would have not, I would have felt bad not doing that. Which they did disclose it. That's why they didn't, they weren't able to sell this house until a certain amount of time later. We'll get to that. But anyway, um, they did disclose about the letters to potential buyers, making the house difficult to sell. This also led to them, uh, the Brodus family, suing the Woodses for not telling them about their threatening letter. Yeah. So this lawsuit, whenever one's filed the details uh, of the letters, there's all this stuff is in the court documents. And of course, like this is public record, I guess. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, when a local reporter's kind of going through public records, looking at court cases, shit like that, he gets intrigued by what he's reading in these court documents and some of the letters. And he decides to write a story about this. This is when the story blows up, takes off, as we would say today, gone viral. Uh Uh, However, now that the story and the details are out, uh, no one really wants the house. So the couple did consider selling to a developer that would like kind of demolish it, start fresh. They right. wanted to split the property and make it like two houses. Uh-huh. Um, so I said here, but due to some like property laws regarding dimension and space, they were like three feet over or something. Uh-huh. It was a, a fucking minute amount. Uh-huh. Uh, so <clears throat> I lost my place here. Uh, anyway, because of the space and dimension, their plan, the board of this town uh, uh, was like, no. So, but the board approves a similar plan in 2018, which proves their hypocrisy. But we'll get to that when we get to 2018. Right. I just kind of had to throw a note in there because it's like, there's going to be something it's, further we're, down we're getting, the road. We're getting there. So... Um, they're trying to sell this house. They can't. They can't fucking sell it to this developer. They can't fucking tear the house down. They can't do shit to it. So in May 2015, they try to sell the house. They list it for $1.2 million. So they're taking a little bit of a loss at this point because they did buy for $1.3 million. Uh-huh. They have done some renovation work into it. Um, yeah. So in later in December 2015... Opposers of 
the broadest families request to split the property. So people who were against it and all this, uh, you know, hating on their plan to tear the house down and everything like that. Uh Well, weirdly, they start receiving handwritten letters signed friends of the broadest family. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll kind of get a little back into that. Um, so now we've got letters flying all over town, apparently. So some time goes by. I'm not exactly sure how far into 2016 we are, but in 2016, a decision was made, uh, by the Westfield planning board. Um, that final decision was made that they couldn't. So Maria, the owner of the house and who also grew up in Westfield, this is her childhood home, blah, blah, blah. She claps back with, and I quote, this is my town. I grew up here. I came back. I choose to raise my kids here. And you know what we've been through? You've had the ability two and a half years ago in two and a half years into a nightmare to make it a little better. And you have decided that this house is more important than we are. End quote. Which, I mean, yeah, if they can't sell it, I mean, what do you let them do? do something yeah, to their seriously. house. I mean, it's their property, but this, so, I mean, I get it. Um, once again, I'm sure she felt very betrayed by her fucking town. Mm-hmm. I know I would. I would too. So good for you for clapping back, Maria, on that one. So in March 2016, they make a second attempt to sell the house for the previous price still of $1.2 million. Some time goes on. We're in the springtime 2016 and the broadest family, they were able to actually find some renters for the house. Mm. Uh, the renters of the house uh, did not have uh, any children. Well, they their children were grown and out of the house. They only had dogs. And a clause was put into their lease that if any more letters were received, that they could move out. So, I mean... that Right, at least they gave him something, you know, to say, hey... I think that sounds fair. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think the broadest family, I don't know, they kind of... I can't get into that yet. I want to talk about their integrity, and we'll get to that. So, anyway, they have this clause in their lease, and, of course, without fail, um, it only took two weeks after the renters moved in that the next letter came. Oh, and this one, this one is like another layer to this onion. We're going to peel it back. It's going to make you cry because this one gets mean. Ooh. So this one gets, um, yeah, this one kind of gave me the chills reading this shit. So it says, to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria, 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard. With my orders, all hail the Watcher. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Mm. I counted that too to make sure I was exact quote. Back to it. Maybe a mysterious death of a pet. 
loved ones die suddenly. I'm sorry, loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. You are despised by the house, and the watcher won. Done. What the hell? I know, man. Jesus okay. Christ. So now, see, the, the, I, okay, we, when we get to the suspects, I personally, I, this here tells me that this is somebody who is directly, maybe like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of, but yeah. definitely connected to this because there are just, so the board obviously shoots their fucking plan down. I don't know if their plan was made public knowledge, but the board would definitely have knowledge of wanting to tear it down. Therefore, quote, his attempted assault and the house stood strong. That's got to be somebody board related or or somebody who's got something on the board. This is a person of the community. Definitely. So that letter's received. There's renters in this house. After more cameras are installed around the house, the renters did decide to stay. So uh, it's now late November 2016. The house is still for sale. They did lower the asking price to $1,199,000. So now they're kind of taking, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar loss if it sells at this point. Right. Well... 2017 rolls around that lawsuit in which the Broduses were suing the previous owner of the Woods is for not disclosing that letter, that lawsuit. Well, the judge over that case threw it out, stating, and I quote, it could set an unreasonable precedent for what sellers would have to disclose. Really? End quote. Okay, so no shit that would set precedent. I would want to know. I would too. I want to know if... I want to know everything about a fucking house. If I'm giving you 30 years of investing my life, I want to know if the basement floods, if people were fucking murdered there, um, you know, what kind of fucking insulation you got up in the attic. I need right. to, these I are know like if your grandma's still haunting this place. I mean, you I know? can deal with grandma, <laughs> but if we've got, you know, like horrible, like, Man, this letter, this out, this last letter, you know, maybe a fire, maybe the death of a pet. It's like, no, mm. we're getting a little too even more scary. Well, that's pretty threatening. Yes. So, okay, we are in October of 2017, and the asking price lowered again. So it is now lowered to one million one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. And obviously, uh, you know, it still hasn't sold at this point. So in 2018, oh, here we are. Okay, so they made the request with the town board that they wanted to split the house up Mm -hmm. and uh, have it torn down and make it two houses. Well, they told them, the Broadus family, that, oh, each house is like three feet just too much over. So it was just a minute amount of space that they were like going over that denied them their plans. Well, this fucking house around the corner makes the same request. They want to tear the house down, do kind Mm -hmm. of a split plot, and it's way the fuck over three feet. Guess what? The board fucking just, uh, the board approves it. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Yeah, totally approves it. Um, 
So they gave permission to make the split despite the same dimension constraints. Um, so this plays into it. I'm not going to get too much into it. Whenever I kind of put something in there, that's <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, where are you going with this? We'll get there. I promise. Um, so in 2018, um, I saw that Netflix, as in the streaming company, uh -huh. Netflix got the rights to the broadest story about them, the house and the letters. So uh -huh. they got the rights to it. There's going to be more down the road. Neat. Okay. March, 2019. The house is listed uh, for sale again, but they list the price at only $999,000. So now they're really... Yeah, they're like, let's just, let's just push this out. We're done. Right. Um, so that went, it listed up in March, July 2019. Sold. It sold for $959,000 and uh, it sold to a couple, Andrew and Allison Carr. Um, even though the house is sold, there's still no suspect or hard evidence or anything. Um, and the Broadus family bought a different house in Westfield, so they did stay in the area, but mm -hmm. they're just like, you know what, let's fucking bite the bullet, cut our losses, blah, blah, blah. And according to, uh, I think, yes, I talk about it down here. But um, so in June of 2021, I found a New Jersey article talking about the Watcher House. Naomi Watts, Bobby Cannavale star in a series about the New Jersey mystery. So obviously they, you know, they got the rights mm -hmm. back in, you know, a couple years back. So this is getting ready to be a limited series on Netflix really soon. Huh. Uh, I don't know exactly what the name of the title is, but I'm sure if you wanted to go to like Naomi Watts's IMDb, sure it'll it totally there. be listed there. But I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, shit. Me too. Because, I mean, I know what I've seen and read about, but since they kind of got the rights, maybe they got another couple juicy nuggets that the public didn't quite so. get. Um, I don't know though. They can't, I mean, it's, is it still an ongoing investigation? I would, it sounds like it's an ongoing investigation. So, I mean, right. they can't be letting too many cats out of the bags. Right. No, you wouldn't want to do that. So the most recent I could find was an article from November of 2021. So just not too long ago that states that the cars, the people who just bought the car refused to speak to the press and there has been no news or letters uh, since the cars have moved in. Hmm. But I wonder if they're not disclosing that they're not, they've received letters or if they're just holding back information or if they really haven't. I mean, they did just kind of move in not too long ago, but I mean, I, I would like to say, oh, give it time. Uh, the last family, the broadest family, they didn't get time. They got fucking like days. No shit. So, and we're already, he bought it in July of 2019. We're already like two years into this. Yeah. So, this brings us to the suspect list. Mm. Uh, it's kind of widely believed there are three kind of theories out there. And the first theory, um, I don't know, man. This one kind of sounds a little far-fetched and uh, I don't know. So, it's a man that's referred to as the gamer. So, 
I can't make this shit up. I wish I wish I was a good storyteller, like natural improvisational storyteller. Been like, yeah, the uh, the gamer. One night around 11 p.m. when, you know, they've been getting letters and shit, a car stops in front of the 657 Boulevard house. The car leads back to a woman living in a neighboring town, but her boyfriend, quote, the gamer, lives on the same street as 657 Boulevard. And she goes on to tell police, like, she gets questioned, like, why were you there? And shit like Mm -hmm. that. And she goes on to kind of say that... Her boyfriend, he's into some, quote, really dark video games. And she's even speculated that one of his characters was named The Watcher. Now, see, this kind of takes me out of it because she speculates. She didn't come up and be like, I know there's one game for a fact where he plays a character. Like, she's kind of, it doesn't, there's not 100% certainty. There's reasonable doubt there. Right. That would totally get him off in this case. But anyway... The gamer tells police that he will come down for questioning, but he never shows up. And since there wasn't enough evidence, this lead, uh, it kind of went nowhere. This lead wasn't actively pursued. So, yeah, it's kind of there. That's kind of, that's kind of what, that's kind of flimsy anyways. Right. It's on the back burner. Yeah. If it's this guy, great. If not, okay, too. The second suspect is uh, a man named Michael Michael Langford, who is actually the next-door neighbor. Uh, He has also been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. He lives with his elderly mother, actually owns the house. She's like 90-something. And um, all of her older adult children, not all of them, but most of them, they said, uh, live in her house. So... um, Anyway, Derek Broadus started to suspect Michael after he received the first letter. It was at a neighborhood barbecue, um, the Langford family. So he's kind of talking to him, getting to know him. Uh He kind of divulges the Langford family has lived in that house since the 1960s. Uh, And, of course, the letter states that the father watched the house in the 1960s. And Michael's dad did pass away 12 years before the first letter, Mm -hmm. which would explain, I mentioned earlier in one of the letters, I've been watching the house for the better part of two decades. Yep. Well, this kind of fits up a timeline of two decades. Plus, all right, another layer to this onion of Michael Langford. So not only does he have schizophrenia, he fits this odd timeline, but he's also got a habit of skulking around his neighbor's house and peeking through the windows. That's creepy as shit. Yes. So this guy is kind of, you know, a peeping Tom. And um, certain places in his house also have very good, perfect view of things that were mentioned in letters, uh-huh. like the enclosed porch right. where the little girl was painting. Yep. So he was questioned by police. He denies writing or even knowing anything about the letters. Uh, some would even say, okay, um, people were kind of questioned, I guess, around town. And a lot of people kind of came out and said that not necessarily putting the dude down, but he didn't have the capabilities of this kind of writing, um, the kind of verbiage that right. was used. That, like the intellectual ability to be able to compose something like that. Right. So um, 
So in an effort to kind of like flush him out, police had Maria and Derek write a letter to the Lankfords saying that they were going to have a demol uh, they were going to have the house demolished and like I said in an okay. effort to flush him out. Right. So of course there was no response, but what got Michael out of suspicion was one of the envelopes was tested for DNA and it was a woman's DNA that was found. Hmm. They did test Michael's sister Abby but it wasn't a match. As a matter of fact, all of the Langfords were eliminated as suspects. Huh. I don't know if they, I'm assuming based off of this DNA and just kind of questioning process of elimination right. sort of thing, but definitely DNA. So now they got to watch your anti creepy neighbor. <laughs> right. <laughs> God, this family can't oh, fucking Jesus. win. I'm not getting a break here. Okay. This third suspect... Um, I'm not a hundred percent buying this because I wanted, I said, you know, talk about the integrity. Um, let's keep in mind that when they were trying to sell the house, they did disclose. They were completely honest with all the potential buyers that yes, we are getting letters. Um, so I mean, in a way their honesty, they're shooting themselves in the foot if they were. Right. What's the, what, what are you going to gain by 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 not telling anybody this or telling things you know what's what's you know what's the out out end goal here right so of course the next suspects are derek and maria brought us themselves um a lot of people uh, i don't know what this has to do with it but i'm sure that these people you know have money if they're we'll get into that but many suspected the broadest because they could have been financially in over their heads. It doesn't say exactly what the time span of it is, but they do move from a $315,000 house. Their next house ended up double that. It's like a $770,000 house. Then they move into this $1.3 million house on Boulevard. Um, and so a lot of people thought they were in over their heads. Mm -hmm. Then also... Why did they keep making renovations despite not moving in, still getting these letters, trying to sell the house, and you're still making renovations? Right. Um, so that, that was a little odd. Um, the story uh, making national news and having Hollywood interest uh, they think that some people think that the Broadduses kind of kept the letters going to kind of, you know, draw this out, make it more interesting. You know how people fucking talk. Yeah. You know, they're probably hearing uh, little bits of a story here and there and then they're making it. So but what might be the nail in the suspicion coffin was that the letters that were written into. Uh, oh, the letters that were written to um, the opposers of the plan, the uh -huh. de demolition plan, the ones who got the letters saying friends of the Broadus family, Derek ended up fucking admitting that he wrote those letters. Really? He wrote it, however, though, he said, out of frustration from not being able to sell this house, not being able to move in. I mean, this kind of does shoot down some of his credibility. Right, that does. But um, he ended up writing those, and it was because it was out of years of frustration. So, okay, what takes me out of this is if they want to get out from underneath the house, 
then they probably they should i i feel like they wouldn't have disclosed the letters they would have been like you know what make this their fucking problem let's sell it let's get out fuck these people um that's one thing also what takes me out is okay the letter that the previous owners received uh the woodses they said that they got it days before moving out how can the broadest family be in over their heads before the woods even moved out so well then uh further police investigation revealed that another family on the same street also got a letter from the watcher that's the same time the Brodus family got their first letter. That family uh, never got letters before, like the Woodses, uh-huh. and uh, they threw the letter away. So I, I don't know what really more is that. But, I mean, could they kind of be pulling, like, okay, the Beltway Sniper, John Lee Malvo. Uh-huh. Okay, that guy killed, like, 13 fucking people. From my understanding of the story is he killed 13 random people so that when he got to his wife and killed her, it would all just seem like a random yep. chain of events. So, I mean, could they be sending out random letters to kind of throw the scent off of, oh, it's not us because this family down here and then the family here got it and now we're getting it. So, uh, where, where, yeah. That's a lot of freaking work to, you know to you know have all these letters sent out and then you know have trouble selling your freaking house you know they do they've sent it to like linguists and uh like handwriting not handwriting people but just you know people who study writing and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and i mean just kind of some of the verbiage he uses like wench it's like wench what are we fucking jolly rogers over (laughs) here we got the drunken (laughs) sailor um i really felt with i i wanted to address that but i was so serious into the letter because this one's like the vile derek and his wench wife and it's like oh shit somebody's fucking mad Uh and it's old school mad they mad for reals (laughs) so um i just i don't know they had a fucking out they obviously had prospective buyers before they disclosed these threatening letters. So, I don't know. Why be a person of integrity there disclosing it here, but then, you know, we're going to send all these letters in an effort to throw cops off, but uh-huh. we're in over our heads before we even got to the house. Right. So, the timeline of that doesn't fit. I personally... It's somebody who is a long-time member of this community. Somebody who may not be, be in the forefront, like on the board, the planning board and shit. It may not be... I mean, hell, it could be one of those hiding in plain sight things. It could be somebody, a board member. However, it is a long-standing member of the community. Uh, somebody who's smiling to their face and fucking laughing behind their backs. Probably just some Karen around the corner. Um, I don't know. Like, and his use of young blood. That is weird as shit. Yeah, yeah, that terrifies me. It's like, you're talking about my children. You're talking about blood running the hallways. And it's like. Mm. (sighs) Sounds like some weird Satanist kind of shit. I mean, stranger things have been known to happen, but this all just leaves me so flabbergasted and scared and stunned that it's like, it's 2014 to 2021 now that this is going on. We have like major fucking technology Mm -hmm. of DNA busting code bullshit and 
they don't have nothing. They, I mean, obviously there's no match for this woman because this woman who, whose DNA was on the envelope hasn't popped on another crime. But I mean, I've seen cases where like cold cases where they've actually done some DNA and found like a cousin. And it's like, can we do some shit like that where we do some reverse ancestry to find who the woman is? Cause I mean, I feel like if they can find the DNA woman on the envelope, Right. I, I mean, that's going to be the case cracker. I did an Ancestry.com thing, and they can tell me who my uncles are. So so I would think, you know, with just all of this, I mean, do you, what do you think? Do you think it is, Do you, well, obviously it's not Michael, Michael Langford because they've all been fucking ruled right. out through, I'm sure, DNA and other methods as well as that. Because I would like to think that, you know, this one envelope, I mean, they... I don't know. This DNA may not be able, may not be anybody related to them. It could have been somebody at like the distribution of the envelope factory. It could be because there was a case of a killer uh, that was going around killing everybody, and they had this woman's DNA, and they were asking some of the people at the crime scene like, "Who was the woman there?" And they were like, "What woman?" Come to find out, it was the woman who was working at the fucking pack swab packaging factory that the police got their swabs from. It oh. was her DNA. Uh, I merely, of course, glaze over a lot of the story, but yeah, it ended up being her DNA from not properly packaging swabs, and she was showing up as a like a fucking potential killer or witness of like a whole bunch of fucking murders. So my next question would be: Were these were these letters actually mailed to them? No, USPS. No. That is a very good question. Very good question. I didn't even think about throwing that detail down in there. But no, these were just found in their mailbox. Just an envelope. According to the picture that I saw, uh, it just says to new own- the new owner. Huh. No addresses, no return, nothing, no stickers, nothing. So this is somebody who's rolling by in the middle of the night, popping a fucking envelope into a mailbox, bada boom, bada bing, that's it. But then that would eliminate anybody else tampering with that. So then, you know, it's it's more, it seems logical that whoever's DNA was on it was more likely to be the suspect as opposed to, say, if it were mailed through, you know, a third party or USPS or anybody else like that who, you know, were 500 other hands have touched it. Yeah, uh, you don't have all of the people at the postal system, but it could be the watcher has female prep the letter after he could types be. it. It could be a two-person process. Right. I mean, there's some there's somebody out there who knows who this person is because if there's a woman's DNA in this, I mean, this has got to be an accomplice. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I mean, even if you're just taking an envelope, licking the tip of that, that sounded gross, licking the tip of that and then dropping it in a mailbox, you have officially made yourself an accomplice. Right. Well, that being said, uh, I feel like we kind of, I've gone through my notes. Uh, I'm not buying, I'm not buying any of these suspects. I think the gamer, um, I don't want to sound insensitive or like I'm judging or talking about anybody in a disparaging way, but the gamer guy, I'm not buying it. If anything, he's probably a troll talking trash behind a fucking microphone like a lot of gamers do. Probably. And it's all just out of fun and gaming. 
Probably. I don't think that this guy is, no. What's his gain? What's his, what's the end game here? Right. Um, The Langfords obviously eliminated. The Broadus family, I'm not buying it. Sure, they may have been in over their heads, but uh, they wouldn't have known that until they got into it. Right. I mean, they were obviously pre-approved because you have to have a pre-approval. So they were pre-approved and could obviously afford a $1.3 million house. Um, And there's just too many what-ifs. And even if there were answers, just some of these connecting factors, like why are we sending it to the previous family and then this other family down the street? Right. So, um, until Allison and Andrew Carr come forward saying that, yes, we're now getting letters too, I think it's somebody who probably just didn't like the Broadus family. It's, that sounds logical. Uh, if they, if the Carr family does start getting letters, then it's definitely a long-standing pillar of the community. I'll even say, uh, pissed off about I don't know the fact that they're not in the house. I don't. I don't. If that was the case, why didn't they just buy it? Like I don't know. What is in the walls? Um, what's the history of this house? Like. I mean, obviously, the uh, the Woodses lived there for 23 years, but is there some kind of, you know, maybe even way more way back history, right. something, you know, like, like some fucking Amityville shit? I know, <laughs> I was thinking Hell House. <laughs> I totally was going there with, like, the whole well and uh-huh. anyway. But so that being said, um, I think if the cars do get letters, it is obviously some pillar of the community that has a weird historical vendetta of some sort um, that definitely has an accomplice. Uh, But if the cars don't receive any letters or anything coming out about them, um, I think it's somebody who just didn't like the Broadus family. Mm -hmm. I mean, the wife did grow up in this town. Um, Maybe she broke up with, you know, her high school sweetheart. And ever since then, he's just been fucking angry. She was the one who got away. Probably. You know, so good for you, Maria. You uh, know. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Avoided some red flags there. So, um, of course, you can. Uh, we're wrapping up. You can follow me on Instagram and or Facebook where I do put up visual aids. Uh, I probably won't be putting up any pictures of. Uh, any of these people because I have ceased to find any of them but the pictures inside the house on realtor.com are gorgeous they totally could have got 1.3 million dollars for the house if there was no fucking letters scaring people away well that took the property values down it did they they took a four hundred thousand dollar loss ouch four hundred thousand dollars over some letters so that being said, it goes to show you how mighty the word can be, the written word. So <laughs> that being said, we're going to wrap up. Thank you, Charming Amy, for being here. Um, I totally appreciate your input, your banter, your friendship. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. And uh, once again, you can follow me for those visual aids, a Housewife of Horrors on Facebook and Instagram and uh, stay tuned next week. I think we're going to come back with a listener request uh, the Wednesday after next. So uh, y'all stay safe out there.